1: We're now entering a critical thinking zone. So, thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time
0: for critical thinking.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a Fish Fry Friday. We've got a lot to get into on the program. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. You know the drill by now. Find us on our various social media platforms. I'm at The Coppin Show. He's at The Pat Oni Show. And of course, do not forget, you are tuned into the literal number one critical thinking podcast in the world. That's right, folks. The number one rated critical thinking podcast. Independent. We're not making this up. This is totally 100% independent. Just saying, you are tuned in to a top-rated podcast. Now, having said all of that, you want to become a critical thinker, you want to become a supporter of the show, great, grand, wonderful, you can do so by going to criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe. We ask for $5 a month. You will get an exclusive 15 to 20 minutes, the afterthought, every Monday through Friday. And we are working on a couple of things in the background here, including, um, a, what I will say is, I think, a revolutionary podcast. That, I I will say that, Pat. What we are working on does not exist in the political podcast sphere, if you will. The news podcasting sphere, if you will. Um. So, you're going to have some exclusive access to some of this stuff um as it um as we are
0: continuing down that road, right, Pat that is correct in fact it's 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 so unique and so um different that it it's it's causing my allergies to flare up
1: <laughs> clearly clearly, clearly. Um, but yes, folks, we are working on something that will, um, be very different and you will have, um, some different access to that than, than the normal individuals. So $5 a month, $45 for your annual subscription. That's right. We're going to allow you to save four months off of your annual subscription. So with that having been said, go to criticalthinking.locals.com backslash subscribe and become a critical thinker today. All right, so I think we know where we're going on this fish fry Friday. We've got to talk about Elon Musk, right? We have to talk about inflation because, well, it is becoming more and more of an issue every single day for every part of society. And um, I think we have to start with Elon Musk, right? I, I, I don't know if we can't not start with that. I find it to be the most fascinating story, arguably, of 2022. Arguably, this is the most fascinating story of the year. And I think it's for three reasons, Pat. Number one, it is because this has a chance to revolutionize or reinvent public discourse, potential to do that. Number two, because it highlights how deeply intertwined Twitter's business model is with political ideology. And number three, this shows the world the most transparent business um, acquisition, if you will, of all time. And, And most people don't know the machinations, if you will. Of how these types of deals might or might not be put together, what could or couldn't happen upon an offer, you know, unsolicited, solicited, da 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 da, all that sort of stuff. But for me, I think you take a look at that, right, and those are the three things that make this the most fascinating story of the day. and i I can't help but um start with this. Yesterday, as we got on the program, right, Pat, we were talking about Elon Musk making the offer, and we said that there were two outcomes. And because we are critical thinkers, here's the deal. I was wrong. There are three options on the table. Number one is that they accept his offer, right? Number two is that there's actually somebody who comes in over the top rope on him and buys it um, outright, right? Or number three, they say thanks, but no thanks. And all hell breaks loose after that. And we talked about that yesterday. Um, Was it on the afterthought?
0: It was on. It
1: was, no, it wasn't.
0: No, no, it wasn't on the afterthought. It was during. The, it was during the main show.
1: So, to briefly describe what I'm talking about when I talk about chaos, what I am talking about is the fact that Elon Musk smartly made an offer that they shouldn't be able to refuse, right? Because it is literally nine dollars a share more than the the company is worth as of that offer, and more importantly, it is almost quadruple the share price from when Elon Musk began buying up shares of Twitter in a mega fashion, right? So what what wins out here? The shareholders' interests or the political interests of the board of directors of Twitter? So in and amongst all of that, Pat, answer that question and then what about my three things um that make this the most fascinating story of 2022
0: so in, in terms of the question it, it would seem it would seem to me at least so far so far we could we could be wrong tomorrow because this story keeps developing and keeps changing. Mm-hmm. like there were some interesting things that happened yesterday that that i didn't see coming one of which is where the uh the, the uh, one with the uh, Saudi prince first of all i didn't know that there was a saudi prince involved with twitter um and and then there was someone that that came in that, that was also potentially looking to buy twitter that's not a someone by the way uh you, you, true that is um, a
1: that is a Tech driven, basically hedge fund, private equity fund.
0: Yeah. Thoma, Thoma equity giant, Thoma Bravo. Mm-hmm.
1: Thoma yeah. Bravo. And we'll get into that in a moment.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so there are things that keep developing with this story. But what, what seems to me, and, and again, I, we, we could be wrong on this tomorrow because the story keeps developing and keeps changing. But it would seem to me there's a lot of, Bulking of Elon Musk trying to buy a hundred percent of Twitter, one of which I think comes down to the political machinations of 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 Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. But that's that's the political machinations of of typical of your typical worker at Twitter. I don't know if that, that it's necessarily that case for your shareholder. Um, it could be. For some of them it could be. Is it for all of them? I I, I don't I don't know. I can't I can't say that for sure. So um,
1: so to that point, Pat, I, I agree with you. And that's why I said the, the fast the, the, the third prong of this, right, is that it is literally Elon Musk forcing them to make a decision. Is it business right. or politics? And that's what we're seeing. It's the politics of the worker and the politics of the culture of Twitter, right? Versus right. The shareholder. And at the end of the day, this is a publicly traded company. This is not a private business. And this is why this matters. Because in a private business, right? Right. There are private shareholders. Okay. Right. So, like, if I wanted somebody to come in and let's say I have my real estate company, right? Right. And I want a partner to come in, they need to buy into the business. Technically, I have a, a, I have my business incorporated in the state of Illinois. They can't just come in and take my business over. That's not how that works. They have to buy into the business. We have to agree upon all of that and that's it. But when this is a publicly traded company, anybody can buy any amount of shares that they want. Right. And there's a whole bunch of things that that they could do to stave off this when it comes to a public company. But at the end of the day, a public company has a fiduciary duty to its shareholders to do by them what is financially, fiscally sound, okay? They have a fiduciary duty. This is vitally important to the story, okay? Their duty is not to their workers. Their duty, they have no duty to them other than providing a job. That's true. their actual duty is to do well by their shareholders.
0: And in, now that you have Thelma Bravo coming into into play here, that's also making a possible bid. Um, what what happens with with the Elon Musk deal? I mean, and I guess here, here's here's the next question. Because politics are seemingly coming more and more into play here, do you do you go with thoma bravo just to spite elon musk do you do you find another potential buyer do you i mean what if your twitter what what do you actually do because 9 10 dollars a share more than than what what it's worth is a lot of money and and if i'm one of those shareholders i'm like okay that that that's a big freaking deal and that's mm-hmm. something that we should be strongly considering. But yet it looks to me like like from what we're seeing in the news, no one wanted, wants to do any more deals with Elon Musk. They, they want to keep him at his 9% and that's it. And hopefully someone else just out gets more shares than he does is, is kind of what it seems like the hope is.
1: Yeah. And <clears> – <throat> The important part about the the Thoma Bravo part of this is mm-hmm. that they're a private equity firm, so right. they would they would if they are the ones that get accepted, right? They have to become become a private company. You can't own you can't be a private equity firm and own a publicly traded company. That's not how that works, right? Okay, but more importantly. Um, Thoma Bravo is well versed in the technology space. It has over seventy billion dollars in assets, and its headquarters are right here in Chicago. Um, I, I know people who work at Thoma Bravo, right? Because I know people in the the tech investing and you know angel investing space, if you will. Okay, right here in the city, having worked in startup. Um. But they only have $70 billion in assets under management. So if they were to come over the top, they would be leveraging every bit of their entire asset class to do this. Mm -hmm. Now, they have a billionaire owner, but they don't have a trillionaire owner. So... What this comes down to is, is exactly what we had talked about, right? Twitter has options. They have three options. They can accept the bid. They could reject. Well, it's actually five options. But they either accept the bid or somebody else comes over the top, right? Right. 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 They could solicit that secondary offer, right? The third option being reject all all offers, the fourth option is they could issue um, a private um, asset class, if you will, a private stock offering to the other individuals in this in the company or in in the sphere outside of Elon Musk and devalue his stock holding, right? Right. And then the the fifth option is that they could, you know, actually say yes to one of these offers in which case they become a non-publicly traded company anymore. Um, there are many, many, many things that could happen here. But what I think Elon Musk is attempting to do beyond owning Twitter is to push the boundaries of where these companies are, right? You right. know, in yesterday he gave a TED Talk in Vancouver, right? And he talked about he has a plan B in place. And I firmly believe that that plan B is to literally crush Twitter is to literally find a way to crush Twitter because at the end of the day, what are the problems that we see with these alternative um, sites out there? getter, parlor, tr- especially truth social, <laughs> what a joke that's been. Th-
0: they're echo chambers.
1: It's not that they it's not just that they're echo chambers. It's that they're not serious businesses. Okay, Parler is arguably the one that had been set up by the most serious business people. But right. let's look at True Social. Who actually is behind that? It's not Donald Trump, by the way. Trump gave them the seed money. It's Devin Nunez. What the hell does Devin Nunez know about running a social media company or any private company other than how to make you know, bank off of insider trading? Jason Miller is the CEO of Getter. Getter is arguably the most stable of the alternatives that are out there. Mm -hmm. But he's a communications guy. He is not a tech guy. Getter literally acts and feels and looks exactly like Twitter. Right? Right? It's a little different, but yeah. Yeah, but but its basic machinations are, if you know how to use Twitter, you're going to know how to use Getter, right? Mm. You look at Parler. They've had their issues. We don't know where they're going
0: anymore. They've kind of just gone cold, if you will. I stopped using it a long time ago just because I, I can't even use it on my phone.
1: Right, and that that's a different problem, but what I'm talking mm. about is as a business, Right. Right after January sixth, they went crazy and they, they attempted to use that moment in the sun to to really help build themselves a business. Right. Right. Has anything happened in the last six months that have moved the needle? No. Has anything happened in the last year? Right. So who can move the needle?
0: Right, Elon Musk. So, right, and that, and that that's I think that's why he's doing what he's doing. I guess my question is, what is Plan B for him? Really, I mean, we're, we're I think Plan B
1: is is buying a getter or a parlor, right, for mm. its infrastructure and its already known user base, but making it into something completely different, right? So what you're going to do is you buy the the infrastructure, right? I would argue that's the smart play. Building something from scratch does
0: not make sense so so here's 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 my question though do you think do you think elon musk wins this twitter battle at the end of the day i think one way or the other he does how do you define winning right i, I mean i guess i guess in my in my purview winning would be he gets the takeover i don't know if
1: that's necessarily winning for me though um so, in your definition, I don't know the answer to that. I really don't.
0: I, because I'm not I, saying it's the only way he can win. I'm just saying, I, I, you know, because I'm, whole, I'm honestly rather hopeful. I, I this story is fascinating. So I I want him to take over Twitter. I really do. Right, right. But and, I, I, and, and I, yeah. And so
1: yeah. I that's why I asked you to define it in your terms. Mm. Right, in your terms, winning is X. Right. Okay. For me, winning is a two prong. Either he takes over Twitter or he changes Twitter forever. One of, t- And I personally think that number two is the more important win than number one. And here's why. Because whether or not he takes over Twitter or whether or not the culture changes at Twitter, what has he already accomplished, Pat? He has already accomplished exposing them as an absolute political animal, right? Their entire company is political. They literally have shut down for a day because feelings. The entire freaking company shut down for a day. They have the Twitter CEO, Pat, going at a company picnic, I believe it was, Um, all-hands meeting on Thursday, Okay. Um, Parag Argawal, right? That's the. It's Parag Argawal Is his name? Uh, I don't. Don't ask me how to say his name. But uh, he told nervous employees at that meeting that Musk could not change the company's culture because no one man can change that. Um. Oh, um. Yes, he could. If you are, if you are, I, I get the point, right? We're we're not just one individual. You know, we're bigger than that. Right. That's fine. But that's not what he's talking about. That is not what he's talking about. What he is talking about is that that um, no one man can uh, change our politics. It's not culture. The culture, culture and politics are not the same. Right. It's not the the same culture thing. of the company is political. And we've seen right. that, right? And on top of it, you have shitty algorithms, by the way. Excuse my language. But we've talked about this almost ad nauseum. Time and again, Pat, we have done exactly what a Clay Travis has done, or you know, other other people have done, right? With Will Thomas, with uh, Dick Levine. I mean, um, yeah,
0: R- R- Richard Levine. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, you see what I? You see what <laughs> I see I'm what doing you did there. there? I see what you um, did there. Yes, but there. So, you take those individuals and we literally put their their <clears throat> old names, if you will, out into the ether. Did either of us get suspended from Twitter? No. No. And we're not doing that to, to you know, make some crazy point. The point that we were trying to make with this is either you're completely inconsistent with your algorithms... Or you, you don't care about the quote-unquote small fish in, in your right. pond. Right. You only care about making sure that you make a political statement with those that have huge followings.
0: Which I think we prove both of those things.
1: Now, by the way, I will say this. If you're over a 1,000 followers today on Twitter, I would argue you have a rather large you're doing, following.
0: You're, you're doing pretty good.
1: If you were to start a Twitter feed today... And you didn't have like a libs of TikTok bent to it or something that's super viral to it. Right. Right. If you were just trying to do this organically, you ain't getting to a thousand followers. It ain't ever happening. The organic days of Twitter are done and dusted.
0: Well, I mean, if, if Elon, if Elon has his druthers at the end of the day, I wonder how much that changes. Yeah. Right. Right.
1: Uh, that's another day for another topic and
0: another time we don't have we don't have got, we don't have got, we don't we got don't, time that's time for that today I, I I get that but here here's here, my, my thing is this if if the people at Twitter don't think that uh, Elon Musk come in and completely change their culture you'd be wrong and, and by the culture you you define it it is a political culture um all he has to do is come in say you're fired and replace you with someone that can do that job that 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 will be culturally for the company very different.
1: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and we have talked about this time and again. One of the things that I think is the best thing that Donald Trump did in his presidency is take on the bureaucratic state. He really did do as much as he possibly could to take it on, right? And in what we noticed in him taking this on, is just how deeply ingrained unionization is in the federal bureaucracy, right?
0: Well, yeah, and just look, how big that swamp was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So at the end of the day, I think that's the important thing, that we, that we take a look at that and go, oh, that's weird, right? So we'll we'll see what goes on. Um, I have a feeling that by Monday or Tuesday next week, this story is going to look very different than the story that we see right now. But I also find it super fascinating that this has become a public war, if you will. Because most of the time, this stuff happens behind the scenes, right? Most of the time, you don't want to give away your hand. But here's the deal. For Elon Musk, this has nothing to do with the economics of the deal. This has everything to do with changing our society into one that can value disagreement, free speech, and changing the culture that we have as as a Western society. That's what this is about for him and he said as much I don't care about the economics of the deal I don't know how much more blunt you can get than that
0: well, and that just tells me too like like he could offer a heck of a lot more money than what he's already offered
1: so sadly forty three I mean, billion dollars is a drop in the bucket for him
0: but I mean I will say we, this we, I
1: mean you look at the Twitter employees' reaction to this, right? They mm. th- feel like this is a hostage situation. No, it's not. This is how business works all the time, all, all time. day, every day.
0: Mm. And maybe we'll talk about this more in the afterthought because I, I, I have a funny feeling that I know what our uh, best stories of the week are going to be. But uh, this is this is Elon Musk masterfully playing 40 chess and showing us that 4D chess actually does exist. Yeah,
1: for as much as people have been wondering where, you know, 4D chess is a joke, this is it. He literally has Twitter, it's by the cojones, and on top of it, has them twisted into so many internal pretzels that they don't, it is incredible to watch all of this happen. But, having said that, Pat, the other incredible story of this week happens to have been inflation. And we've talked about this concept of Putin's, Putin, Putin. Putin's price hike, right? In the past. And um okay. What if what if it wasn't Putin's price hike? We've talked about that, right? We we've talked about this being a thing. We talked about um I believe this was in the afterthought, right? That we did this where we had talked about um the Federalist Article um that gave us some concepts to look at from like Steve Forbes and some other high-end mm-hmm. economists that that really talked about this being a monetary policy issue more than anything else. That yes, this is government driven. Um, you had a chance to read this article uh, Ben Shapiro put out on Daily Wire, and you know, first of all, we know that inflation, the core number, went to eight and a half percent, right? Now, wage gains were outpaced, by the way, because here's the thing that I have talked about when it comes to housing, right? And, and in fact, um, if you go to my Close with Coppins YouTube channel, in a few days, you're going to see this video come out um, talking about this because I've heard so many people talk about 2007, 2008, the housing bubble. Is it going to burst, right? Oh, my God. And and they, they imme- immediately go to that space of 2007, 2008. And I want to talk about fundamentals, right? But one of the key fundamentals that I want to talk about is wages versus housing, right? And in many cases, housing increases have outpaced wages, but that's not always the case. There are pockets in this country where that is not and where the housing market is actually pretty healthy. Here in Chicago is actually one of those places. While we do see increases, we're not seeing these crazy increases that we that are outpacing wages. Now, inflation outpacing wages is a different story. And what did we know? This is the little talked about part of this story. Inflation is outpacing wage growth by almost 3%. It's literally 2.9%. Gas is up 48%. Airfare, 24%. Furniture is up 16%. The price of milk is up 13%. And why does inflation matter? It's because it's a regressive tax. Right? Those at the very top of the economy often benefit the most in an inflationary period. Why? Because they can afford to gobble up the things that are affected the most during an inflationary period. Things like housing, right? Things like... um, Companies, right, that that are really deeply affected, they can gobble these things up during that bottom fall and and make money. But for the average worker who's making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, right, in American society, is an extra hundred dollars in gasoline, is an extra forty dollars in your food bill, is an extra. You know, 13% in, let's say, your cost to buy something that you need for your home, right? Let's say something breaks in your home. What about the cost of, as to you, to what's going on in your life, a remodel in your home, right?
0: I mean, I, let me put it to you this way. We were given an estimate when we first started, right? Right. And then we found out that what we were wanting to do was a little bit more intensive than what was initially right, thought right. to be. And, um, we had a budget and we're still under budget, but we are much closer to the cap of that budget than what we would have liked. Um, and, and we tried to account for the inflation and the, um, cost of everything. Cause we thought, okay, like there's going to be some unknowns that are likely gonna come up that we're likely going to have to compensate for. So we tried to do that. It came up much closer than what, what we had thought. Now, I will say this too, because we've seen changes not only in our gas bill, we've seen changes in our grocery bill. Like, th- this is hitting us too. Like, this is not a um, a, a small thing. For and it's not just impacting certain people; it's impacting everybody, right? Um, the other thing too that 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 I'm looking at as well is there are goods right now that are not as available as they used to be.
1: Right. I mean, we haven't even talked about um, what's going on with baby formula right now. Right. Like It, it is actually a crisis.
0: The, the the thing is with that how long is it going to be until it starts impacting other things
1: oh and in to be clear the supply chains not necessarily the issue uh that right. that that we need to talk about here because as ben shapiro points out in in the article and and we have talked about this right february of 2021 after the first month okay that biden took office so the very first month so Let's say it was that's January affecting the February number. Okay, mm-hmm. the inflation rate, the core rate was one point seven percent. Okay, two months that's not later, terrible.
0: But yeah, no, yeah. that's
1: that's below the Federal Reserve like normal amount, and and we can haggle over that idiotic um, idea. Right, a different time in a different place. In fact, uh, go to the afterthought um, from earlier this week where we talk about that. But just two months later we're at 4.2% on the core CPI. By May of 2021, so a month later, we are up another 1%. Now, from May to October it kind of hovered around 5%. October of 2021, it's now 6.2% and then up to 6.8 in November and 7.5% as of January. Now, did Vladimir Putin have anything to do with any of that?
0: This is before Ukraine. Well, well before. Ukraine.
1: Mm-hmm. And furthermore, yeah, yes, Pat. I, I have a question. Is that bad? Yeah. <laughs> That's Thursdays, Pat. Leave it. Leave it <laughs> on Thursdays. But in Europe, right? Because okay, well, what if this is just a global problem? Because if you go back to the interwar period uh, between World War One and World War Two, the argument it was that the Great Depression was a worldwide event, right? Right. This ain't it. Nope. Because the Harmonized Index of Consumer Prices, so what? this is what Europe uses, right, was 5.9% in February. We were at 7.9%. We were 2% above their inflation rate. Now, it's 5.9% great? No, but it's not that bad. And we've talked about this. This, this is not a problem of... Putin, or anything else other than this, we have printed more money than we have ever printed in the history of this country because we have spent more money than ever before in the history of this country. And oh, by the way, you could borrow money at next to zero for years on end. For literally about three straight years, you would have been able to borrow at zero percent. From the Federal Reserve. Yeah, that's bad.
0: And now we're now we're over what eight percent? No, no, no. The the the
1: we're at eight percent in inflation. I'm talking about the Federal Reserve rate. Now it's somewhere around two and a half. I think right now is there is where they've risen it. Two, but I don't know for sure on that number, but. I I just I don't understand this and and furthermore we have Biden Jen we've got everybody on the left talking about redoing the um the whatever Rescue America package or whatever the hell it was the the Green New Deal type stuff right Right. on a slimmed down version so that Joe Manchin will make it'll make it palatable to Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Turns out, um, folks, um, any more spending other than what we have coming in to the Federal Reserve vis-a-vis taxes is not good. We have to stop the flooding of money into the system. And the only way that that happens is for the government to stop Bleeping, spending money. Now, having said all of that, uh, Pat, now is a great time for us to play the bee or not the bee. All right. Are you ready with that headline for me?
0: Oh, I'm very ready for this headline for you. Farmer suspended from TikTok after vegans reported him for noting that you need cow manure to grow vegetables. Farmer suspended from TikTok after vegans reported him for noting that you need cow manure to grow vegetables. Is this the bee or not the bee? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold off. What the shit? what? What, what the shit? I see, I see what you did there. Okay. You're welcome. Is this so is this the bee or not the bee? Andrew Coppins. Do you have an answer?
1: I'm going to go with this being not the B because they're insane. Vegans are nuts. Soy boy, you're nuts. Are you sure? No, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm nine 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 percent sure, just like our survivability rate
0: for COVID-19. Wait, then you would be correct then. This is not the B. We just won another $100 of Dominic Izzo's Ponzi scheme, MLM, pyramid, scheming money. Um, <clears throat> so um, Gareth Wynn Jones once starred on the BBC series, the family farm and now entertains more than 15,000 followers on TikTok. Not only does he entertain those 15,000 people, but he also pisses on a bunch of vegans. <laughs> I call that a win. <laughs> He he was kicked off off TikTok after his most recent video was the target of vegan backlash. Now you would think that this recording recorded himself gutting and skinning an animal or something, but nope. He recently his recent clip was just him holding up a turnip and explained that the fact that vegetables need cow manure to grow. Uh, he he published the video as a response to a comment made by a woman asking why the f aren't you vegan yet gareth responded i'll tell you why i'm not vegan and never will be because i'm a farmer and i understand the circle of life and there's not no such thing as a cruelty free food this food that is grown out of the ground and the, it and it's grown here by using cattle manure and is a big part of farming so it's a big whole big circle now not not only do we eat these animals but we use their poo their manure to grow crops and grow lovely vegetables to feed you so it's about a balanced diet gareth was able to appeal the ban and was lifted within 24 hours but since then he has slipped with another ban come on man all Apparently, right. This is not the first time Gareth has run into the radical vegans, and it doesn't sound like it will be his last. The celebrity farmer and father of three says he, he's he been the victim of militant vegans who have sent him death threats.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're They're insane, Pat. Absolutely insane. Now, with that being said, I think it's also time for us to hit the Richard of the Week. All right. Having said that, Pat, who are the four nominees for Richard of the Week this week?
0: righty then. We have Vladimir Putin for his war crap in Ukraine again.
1: Um, is killing innocent men, women, and children bad? Yes, it's very bad. Oh, okay. Just, just, very just bad. asking for uh, a a bunch of villages in the Ukraine.
0: Yeah, it's 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 very bad. Thank you. Um, we also have the NYC subway bomber and we're saying it that way because we absolutely refuse to say his name. Uh, we have Jen Psaki for saying Putin's price hike and blaming all of this inflation crap and prices of everything on Vladimir Putin, which just isn't true. Uh, and then we have Dave Roberts who happens to be the Los Angeles Dodgers manager for pulling Clayton Kershaw in a perfect game. That's a very Richard move. Wusa, wusa. Um, that being said, I think we all know who our, our winner is going to be yet again, and that is Vladimir Putin again. I look. I think we need to start getting a pot going, and, and see if we can start making some money off of this. Because how many how many more weeks in a row is Vladimir Putin going to be the Richard of the week? He's already been Richard of the Week, I'm pretty sure, for at least two straight months. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. So we might as well have some extra fun with this. How how long is he going to be Richard of the Week? Because there ain't nothing that's going to come close to this. And I mean, the I'm subway just, bomber, we thought about it. Well, yeah, we, we did. Th- we did at least think about it, but well, not really I, bomber. At the same it time, it's subway attacker,
1: not really yeah. bomber, I should say because that that part of the report was kind of misleading yeah
0: well, but my my point is I'm getting kind of bored with Vladimir Putin I, I really am and I need something to entertain me if he's gonna continue to be Richard of the week so I, th- I think we need I think we need to get a pot going how long is it gonna be Richard of the week
1: <sighs> no idea but Pat are you ready for the fish fry
0: oh am I ever? Lay that headline on us one time. Oh, here we go. New York Times columnist admits schools are grooming children into LGBT identities. Say what? The New York Times. Mm -hmm. um, Specifically, Michelle Goldberg of the New York Times Admits schools are grooming children into LGBT identities.
1: Except for, I don't think
0: she would have thought that that's what she was doing. Probably not. But um, she admitted she, she she flat out said it. I mean, conservative. So in another entry of genre, she should, she purports to critique the freak out over sex and gender identity in schools, only to tactically admit that schools are indoctrinating kids into LGBT ideology and grooming them into LGBT identities. She accuses conservatives of stoking the moral panic akin to the satanic panic of the 1980s, a frenzy accusations of ritual child abuse that resulted in conviction of dozens of innocent people. Yet she then demonstrates the current fears are reality based. Right. Evidence.
1: I mean, all we have to do is just, Twitter.com backslash libs of TikTok. Libs of TikTok. I, they literally just tell us. Mm. I mean, it's amazing to me the amount of groomers that just love to talk about grooming kids. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like uh, You do realize that that is actually illegal? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's none of the guise of education. And, and furthermore, Pat, can we talk about this real quick with with this story? Do you sure. notice a, a, a pattern with the people
0: who are educating our kids today? They're increasingly, increasingly becoming crazy.
1: No. Pink hair, tattoos, nose rings. Um, what the absolute hell happened to professional standards? And I'm not talking about, well, you can't have tattoos. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. But there are standards. You have dress codes for kids and you won't even enforce a freaking dress code for your, I don't know.
0: Yes, Pat? Isn't isn't that crazy, though? I wouldn't say that's crazy. I mean, that's just personal choice, right? Well, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I care how you dress in your personal time, right? But I'm saying, like, if you're going to dress like this in a professional environment, is isn't that a little, a little, a little nutty?
1: Not necessarily. They're allowed to get away with it. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. Right. Fair point. These are the same just... people who enforce dress codes on on their students, right? Right. Yet, yeah, um, teacher ABCXYZ... Oh, wait, we can't talk about an X or a Y chromosome. Uh, I I just what the
0: what the absolute crap, Pat. All right. Got one or two more. (laughs) Yeah, because speaking of uh, grooming, (sighs) peeping Tom arrested after filming two year old in bathroom, according to police. I'm not even going to go into this story. It just belongs in the fryer. Um. And then Colorado codifies as access to abortion into law says the preborn do not have rights. Colorado, what you doing? Say so, How do they not have rights? Because apparently they're not born and they don't the unborn don't have rights.
1: Except for if you were to, I don't know, at 6 months take them out of the womb. They become born and are viable human beings. I mean, isn't the difference is This is disgusting on all levels.
0: Yeah. And
1: with that, Pat, your final thoughts on this week.
0: Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And go
1: Elon Musk. Please be smart, be safe, be kind, and do not forget to join us for the Afterthought, where we give you our best and worst of this week. Have yourselves a great weekend. And as always, Matthew, 547.